Each team has the ability to work in sprints uh, where the product manager will sort of guide the product work that's being done. Um, the engineers will fulfill those tasks, um, all the engineering work that needs to be done, and um, will kind of cover everything from new features to also just maintenance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Experience, where we give you an inside look behind the top product-led experiences. Each week, you'll hear uh, inspiring examples. You'll also hear proven strategies and hard-earned lessons from experts. Uh, this is one of your co-hosts, Ramley John, and I also have my co-host here, Lila. Hey, Lila. hey Ramley. Hey, everyone. How's it going? How's it going? I'm also joined today by Dan Hannawald, the UIUX team lead at AWeber. Hey, Dan. Hey, everybody. So glad to have you here. Um, so we're going to get right into it. We've been, we were chatting pre-show and you showed us some pretty exciting things. So I know <laughs> people are going to want to talk about it, especially, spoiler alert for later on, uh, there's been a lot of checklist talk around mm. lately. Yeah. Ramley and I were just a on lot. a call with a customer and we were giving them advice about their checklist. We did, we've been talking about our checklist. It's just... It's, there's a checklist frenzy going on and we're riding this wave and we're loving it. Um, so before we get into that, though, maybe we could set the scene a little bit, um, Dan, and you could tell us, you know, what does success look like for new users at AWeber? Um, sure. Kind of overall. Yeah. So we are an email marketing company. And um, so whenever, you know, like the, the customer base that we serve they tend to be small businesses. A lot of them work online primarily, but it can be any, anything. Like we have brick and mortar businesses as well, uh, but they tend to be small businesses, small to medium sized businesses. So when it comes to email marketing, some of some of our customers, they understand marketing through and through. Some have no idea, like they're just stepping into it for the very first time. And I would say like, that's more of the case for most of our customers. So we try to provide as much education as possible for them because there are several things that you have to have set up in place um, in order to have a successful email marketing strategy. Um, so in particular, we want to, you know, for instance, if you're coming from another um, email service provider, for example, we want to see you being able to import your subscribers from there. So anyone who has signed up uh, to your email list in the past, we want to, you know, have you bring those folks in because um, that'll obviously get you set up to be able to send to them. If you're brand new and you're just starting and you don't have anything like that set up, we want to provide you ways to get yourself ready to collect subscribers. So whether that's a form uh, that you embed on your website, even if you don't have a website, we can um, provide you a landing page. Uh, we offer landing pages so like you can easily set one up with a form to be able to collect subscribers. Um, and then obviously sending an email is a big step that we want to see customers do to, um, you know, move towards being successful. So we consider like a new user being su successful when they can either, when they either have subscribers that they can bring in, that they can collect new subscribers and then be able to message those subscribers. Um, those are the basics they need to be ready to go. And from there, like we can, uh, you know, we have lots of other options for them. We have lots of email automation options, and there's lots of like fun and interesting directions that they can move in to make email marketing kind of work for them instead of them having to tend it every day. There's a lot of set it and forget it um, campaigns that they can set up and um, 
just kind of make that work even while they're sleeping. So, but again, you know, getting the, getting those, those key elements in place, um, that's, that's what we would try to focus on first to make our customers successful. It totally, it totally makes sense. And we're actually going to see this in, in a bit around how you structured your checklist to follow through that path, but yep. spoil, spoil alert for, for people <laughs> who are tuning in before we, we do get there. You're, you're talking about like the path of new user journey success. Um, I'm guessing you're looking, I want to talk a little bit about metrics. Uh, what, what kind of metrics do you, do you take a look at? I'm guessing you're looking at like the funnel uh, conversion to each of those, those steps, but are there yeah. uh, metrics that, because this is a big question we get, we get asked a lot. It's like, how do I measure, what is the metrics that you take a look at for onboarding? And it really depends on the company. So what is that for eWeber? Yeah, so we do have a, like what we call our new user experience that um, every new customer goes through. And each step of that, you know, we monitor to see like where are their drop off, um, like where there's drop off along the way. And, um, you know, so obviously that like complete, like NUE, you know, we call the NUE completion. NUE. Um, oh, like yeah. that's something that we look at. Um, so there's NUE completion, and then you you have the opportunity to upgrade as well to a pro account that offers more features. So depending on what you're looking for, like you know that upgrade um, rate is something that we watch, obviously. Um, but those are like you know those are the main things, and then you know we'll get into the checklist as well um, as as you keep saying. But like like I have lots of metrics surrounding the checklist to see like what kind of things people are filling out. Um, you know, like where we're seeing more success with the checklist itself to even make sure that that's helping new customers get set up. And then we, one of the big things that we look at is the um, the amount of customers who have sent an email in their first 30 days. Uh, that's a that's a important success metric for our customers. Yeah. So we want to make sure that customers are getting activated in their accounts. So that's definitely something that we look at uh, as well. Those are the big ones. You mentioned that how many emails in a, in thirty days? It, is sending one email in thirty days uh, a good good for new users, or like are you looking at like hey they gotta send two or, or um, three? Well, obviously the more the better, but like we want to <laughs> like what we track is to see if they're sending at least one email in that in that mm. first thirty days. Because um, there's we've seen that there's there's quite a big hump to get over there, like sending that first email, and after you do that, it's you know it's, it seems to be much easier, and we see like. Um, like we definitely have success for our customers tied to that metric. Like we've seen that they end up being um, customers with a longer lifespan and uh, are more successful overall. That's interesting. I'm how, so, you know, your title is, you know, UI UX team lead, right? Yeah. So how does your role, like what role do you play from a team perspective? Like, cause there's a lot of people, we talk to people who own customer onboarding, like in so many different teams and this experience, right? So what role do you play and what other people do you work with in the company um, to kind of set these metrics, make decisions on actions and things like that? Yeah, so the design, the way that our company is organized, the designers uh, are within the product team and I report directly to the director of product, but then, well, I, I lead the design team. So I'm, I'm the manager of the design team and that includes the UX designers and the UI designers. And we are distributed across various internal teams that focus on different areas of the product. So like, while I'm the manager of that team, I also work as the UX designer for the conversions team. And the conversions team handles like everything from 
if you're coming from our public site, our public facing like marketing site um, into the app. So once you're into the app, like, you know, I'm responsible for that experience, like getting you set up, getting you activated and, um, you know, trying to provide resources like education and things like that uh, for new users. And then obviously like upgrading as well to a pro plan. You know, while I cover those things, I've got a UX designer that covers all of the areas where you can create content. So the the message editor, like the actual message builder, um, the landing page builder. So she covers UX for that. I have a UX UI designer that works with her specifically for those things. We've got other UI designers that focus on other areas of the um, of the app itself. So yeah, we're kind of like like we all work together. We have all developed a design system that we all use like across the app uh, so we all you know work very closely together but we focus on these individual areas that's interesting and so like your conversion team for example are there people outside of product that are on that team um or is it primarily like the product team and engineering team that is like running and driving these experiments and these new experiences yeah, that's a great question. Like each of our internal teams are made up of representatives from product, from engineering. Like we'll have a representative from CS, our customer solutions team, because um, they're kind of on the front lines of you know handling any kind of customer questions that come in. So it's we found that like that mix is a really good mix to like help us um, just have a holistic approach uh, towards developing new features and also like you know looking into any kind of um, bugs that are being reported or anything like that. Uh, so the, each team has the ability to work in sprints uh, where the product manager will sort of guide the product work that's being done. Um, the engineers will fulfill those tasks, um, all the engineering work that needs to be done. And um, we'll kind of cover everything from new features to also just maintenance for each of those areas of the site. And then we, the product teams work with a product marketing manager too, so that we have that um, through flow to the marketing department as well. So that, I mean, we, it feels like a very tight knit group, you know, so you, I never feel like we're working so much in silos. Uh, I know that like in the past that had been an issue and at other companies I've worked at, like that's a constant problem, but I feel like, um, since I've been at Aweber, especially since we've worked in this way that we've had less problems with that sort of silo issue. That's super interesting. And, you know, as somebody on the CX team, I love the idea of having a customer facing representative in there. Actually, I get this question a lot. And maybe you could talk if you know um, any insight into this, like how you do this at AWeber. But um, a lot of people ask, like, how do you um, get CX's input or CS's input onto your roadmap or into your designs, like without? Uh, like a one-off meeting or how do you prioritize that versus the other feedback that you get from other teams like sales and things like that do you it's totally okay if you don't like work on that side but I'm just wondering if you have any processes in place for that or like um, how you might run a meeting or something where um, CS is giving feedback or if they have like a system that they follow a suggestion box or mm -hmm. I don't know yeah, we do. We do have systems in place for that. Um, so, for instance, like every every time we do sprint planning, so we operate in two week sprints, and every time we do sprint planning, that whole internal team is present for that, including the representative from customer solutions. So, on the conversions team, like she can bring to us 
issues that she sees coming up that that she knows that our team can address. So like we always have that constant input, but also like as far as like just tracking like for instance like what what's worth our time fixing, you know, like we'll like if we have we have a ticketing system that we use internally. So if customers are submitting some kind of bug ticket and we see that same issue being brought up over and over again, that's all tracked. And so like we can easily associate like a, you know like a customer value with that and understand like what kind of impact that's having on our business. So that makes it easy to prioritize the right task at the right time. And then like, you know, those th those are the things that we'll always kind of discuss first. And then there might be other things that don't have such of like as much of an impact, but it's a really easy fix that we know that we can um, do quickly. So I think that the key to all of that is that close communication that we have between departments um, because we can easily just say, yeah, this is a, you know, this is like a, 10 minute fix, like we can get this done. Um, and it just kind of makes it easier to work that way. Absolutely, that's super helpful. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. I wanna yeah. get into that checklist now that we've been talking about. <laughs> so I've waited much. long enough. I know, right? So for people who have waited this long already, <laughs> uh, uh, here it is. So we are taking, taking a look at here is a checklist after somebody has signed up uh, it says, welcome to Aweber, and I signed up for this. So it's welcome to Aweber Remly. There is one thing already checked off. Uh, you completed your account details. There's five other things. Publish your pre-built sign-up uh, page. Import your subscribers. Welcome your new subscribers. Connect Stripe, and then sell your first product. From our discussion, you said that, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is something new. Um, can you talk a little bit about this, this checklist? Yeah, it's been around for probably, I want to say like, it's been over a year now that we've had it out. So it's not like brand new, um, but relatively speaking, like this is something that we've recently introduced to um, help guide some of the education that someone might need. So for instance, if you sign up for Aweber, you're brand new to email marketing and you don't know all the, the steps that you need to take to actually be able to use our product, we want to have this all there for you because we've seen so many customers sign up and then just like their account sits there unused because they feel like they're not ready, you know, and that's usually not the case. It's usually they, uh, they just need a little bit of a push to understand, like, this isn't as hard as it sounds. Um, so having this checklist kind of gives you that um, easy way to like get yourself set up. And this checklist is actually populated depending on what you chose in the onboarding survey. Um, so there's, you know, when you're a, a brand new customer, you walk through like this, um, like four or five step survey that just asks you some questions about the kind of tools you use and what your business goals are. And based on your choices there, um, that's what informs what you'll see here. So for instance, like, um, if you don't have any way to collect subscribers, like first, well, I should say if, if you're not bringing in, if you're not importing subscribers or anything like that, something that you want to do is be able to collect subscribers. So this landing page we've set up for you so that you can, all you have to do is publish it. Um, like you can open it up and you can edit it to make, you know, to customize it however you want, but like you could literally just publish it as is and use that as a place to, to send people to sign up for your um, email newsletter or, or any kind of updates. So one of the things that we're moving towards with this checklist, the way it's evolved since we've uh, set it up is trying to have more 
uh, turnkey solutions. So like things that are already done for you. And this landing page is a good example. Uh, when we first set the checklist up, the checklist item said, build a landing page. And while it's easy to build a landing page from scratch, like there are lots of templates that we have available for you that um, you can start out with. This is much easier, like just to make one that's fairly generic that you could just activate and use as is. Um, so we're trying to get everybody set up so that nobody has an excuse to say like, well, I just don't have the time to build this landing page or whatever, like it's already here for you. That's like, um, like one of the important steps from the checklist and then like, so for instance, if you have indicated that you have subscribers from another service, um, we give you this the step to import them. Um, and again, we're trying to get you activated as soon as possible. So this will allow you the ability to actually email your audience, to keep in touch with them. And especially if you've been emailing an audience from another subscriber, you don't want to have too much of a lag in um, time because you don't want to end up, you know, sending your subscribers a message six months later and they're like, they've forgotten who you are and they unsubscribe right away. And like, you want to keep that audience fresh and uh, keep communicating with them. Um, another thing I see you have here is connect Stripe with Aweber. So that means you must have indicated that you have a Stripe mm, account. Um, yes, I want to so, make money. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> and we know that you do. So we want to provide, you know, the step to make sure that you go and like get uh, this integration set up so right. that like your Stripe account works with Aweber. Interesting. So this adapts to the questions that was uh, people yep. signing up. Interesting. Yep. That is super, super cool. Just to put a pin on that, like we've, we've seen that like the more that we customize things, mm. uh, the more interaction we get. So like, you know, that's why we try to customize as much as we can. Yeah. That was going to be my question. Like, how did you come to, you know, test that personalization or customization? Like, was it, something you just ran with that you already knew from different signals? Like, did you start with, you know, a lot of people start with like one action that they know is high retaining, right? Yeah. It's like, um, so what was your process for like rolling out personalization? Cause it's hard. It's not, yeah, it's, um, hard. Yeah. it's, you know, you have to make all those iterations and like, did you do all of it at once or how did you do that? Yeah. I mean, we, we knew that personalization was a factor. So we, you know, we had plans for that when we were planning this project out. Um, you know, actually, the way that we tested this was we used AppQ's checklist feature. Um, and I just had like a, a checklist that was sitting in the bottom left corner. And um, whenever a new customer would sign up, they would see it. And it had a lot of these same things. And like, we kind of used that as a proving ground. And I actually did a couple of iterations of that. And I, you know, kept metrics from that experiment as we went through it just to see like who was or how many people were using it and um, whether we were seeing any kind of like, you know, longer term retention from those efforts. And uh, we were definitely seeing a lot of people put it into practice. And um, so that that's what, kind of what helped us make the decision to, you know, implement it natively. This is a really good example of a use case for AppQs that we don't talk about a lot that I used to do as well. Like when <laughs> I did some growth marketing and stuff, like using flows to prove out an idea or like, you know, using that kind of quick code setup to um, evaluate something because it is a lot faster. And then you like kind of have a little bit more of a data leg to stand on. Yeah. Um, especially if you have to make a case to somebody. Um, it was really helpful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. all those things you mentioned, because like I was able to do that on my own 
without uh, engineering support. And even being able to um, even being able to like track the data that would launch the checklist in the first place. I did all that through AppQs. Um, so, you know, it's plug for you guys. Like it was really easy to do that. And it was uh, super helpful to be able to test it in that way. Yeah, that's love to hear it. Not going to lie, <laughs> love to hear it. Um, so what are some things that did surprise you about working on this? Like, you know, I feel like you were like, yeah, we know customization is going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we kind of knew. Right. Like, But what were some things that maybe surprised you that they worked or didn't work? Or were you just, are you just that good, Dan? Are you just that good? <laughs> I'm never as good as I think I am, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, like we, like we've seen success from it. But at the same time, like we still see a huge amount of customers who just skip it altogether. And, mm. um, and so, you know, we've been talking through like, how do we like really show the value of this? And uh, we've had different ideas. Like there's a lot of design considerations too. Um, you know, one thing is that like on that, like that becomes your front page, right? There's no dashboard until you either skip that or you complete all the steps. And, um, you know, we've been, we've actually have some designs prototyped where we are, you know, using that as maybe a section of your dashboard instead of like a full dashboard takeover. So we have some ideas ongoing. Um, even when we did our test with AppQs, it, it kind of operated that way. Like it was a, it was a standalone bubble, right? Um, kind of hovering over your dashboard. And, it, but it wasn't intrusive. So that's like one of the areas that we want to test to see if we get a little bit more traction. Um, but yeah, like, like I say, like the people that go through it, we have definitely seen them performing the actions that lead to longer term customers, mm. but how to like increase that number and, you know, get more people using the checklist and interacting with it. Um, that's definitely something that we're continuing to work through. It's really interesting. I, um, you know, this is actually a discussion I was having in a AppQ's, um workshop the other day it was like, you know, don't get disappointed uh, about mm. like the rates of your checklist completion and the rates of your flow completion, especially when you're first starting out, because you have a lot to learn about your yeah. user base. You have a lot to learn about messaging and timing. And like, this is a new medium. It's the new way to reach people. And also the reality is, is like, you're trying to reach the people that otherwise are so overwhelmed or like, don't know, don't feel confident. So you're not like, you are often you're not not your your target that you're trying yeah, to reach you know sure, so sure. it's hard to remember that sometimes i think especially when we're making software for people who maybe aren't software people um that you know we're saving the that even if it's only 25 percent of people we're saving those 25 percent of people and possibly making them even you know higher activated than some of the regular kind of folks that come in and yep. get started on their own so exactly you know, I think sometimes it does feel like, oh, it should be 50%, but it's like, yeah, but the other, the other 50% or 75% or whatever are getting started on their own either way, or you haven't unlocked exactly how to reach them yet. Right. And it's yeah. maybe it's a combination of different things. And, um, you know, that's why you take the learnings and you add in those layers, like, yep. okay, maybe yep. the checklist needs to be on the dashboard and blah, 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 blah. So, and I will say so. that like, we get better like the best insight that we get on any of this is doing live customer interviews mm, um whether cool. we're whether we're like it doesn't even matter what it is like whether we're talking specifically about the you know a feature like the checklist 
or if we're just asking them questions about how they work and understanding how they work, that provides so much more insight than anything else that we do. And um, like I'm, I'm in the middle of, I, I just started a uh, customer interview um, session, or I'm sorry, a, a project this week. And like, we've got, I've got so many people lined up that are from all these different businesses that are so different in so many ways, but they all have very similar um, problems that they face. And just like understanding that makes it so much easier to work through like how you can apply, you know, your own software problem to that audience. And there's so many times that they point out things in like, like wording and like the way that you, the terminology that you think in your head makes the most sense might make zero sense to them. And uh, so it's like, we've learned so many lessons just from doing those live interviews. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of those customers, I, I love, uh, first of all, I'm, I have to uh, call, call that out. I think for people who are listening in, do customer interviews. <laughs> Talk to your customers. Yes. They, they have the insight. They have the answers to that. And I love that that's what you've been doing at EWeber with your team. In terms of what's ahead, I think you already mentioned a few things that you're excited about experimenting with. What are some things that you can share about, you know, um, that you can share to to our, to to the audience around, like, um, you know, what are some tweaks or changes or experiments that you're looking forward to trying out next uh, based on those interviews or based on other insights that you've gotten? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I've been looking at is, um, you know, I was I was telling you earlier that like we we track each step in the signup process to see like where we have drop off, and our biggest area of drop off is like after you say yes, I want to uh, sign up for an Aweber account, and then you have this like um, password screen. We have to set up a password and everything. It's like that is our biggest drop off point. So my question then is, how can we get you activated in your account sooner like like where are those limits where do we need to provide that protection because obviously there's you know um there's bad actors in the world right so you have to like look at it from a security standpoint as well as from a usability standpoint and uh so that's been one of my one of the areas that i've been looking into lately is like how can we shorten that whole onboarding process um like how much of the information that we're asking you to make that checklist work more customized for you like how much of that do we need to ask can we shorten that up can we can we just compress that whole thing so that we have less opportunities for you to say you know what i'm out um because we just you know we want to get people activated in their account um as quickly as we can and really like start seeing value because that's what it comes down to like our customers need to see value in the software um and if we're not providing that like they're gonna they're gonna bounce right so we want to um, make sure that we're kind of getting them there as, as quickly and see that as soon as possible. Love that. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Sign up for an AWeber account if you need an ESP and check it out. <laughs> um, where else can people find out about what you're working on or cool things that AWeber is doing, um, products you're launching? What, what do, you, do you do things online, Dan? Um, I do like, I don't have, I don't have like a presence. I, I was like, I don't have a Twitter handle or anything that I can send you to. Um, mm -hmm. I would say like blog.aweber.com. Like that's, that's where you're going to see like the, um, new product announcements. And, um, there's also a lot of really good tips and information on there for someone who is working on, um, building your own email list. Um, we have a, a great YouTube channel that has lots of resources and, um, lots of videos on like, you know, everything from basics 
to like more detailed experiments that you can do and more like um, really cool automations that you can set up to kind of make your emails just like work automatically for you. Uh, those are some of the most powerful things that Aweber provides. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm so used to speaking with like brand new customers that aren't as interested in those kind of questions, but there's so many like magical things that you can do that like, like you can, if you're, if you're a blogger, you can have your blog posts automatically emailed to your subscribers. And all you need to do is like hit publish in WordPress and everything else will be taken care of if you set that campaign up to work for you. Um, it just makes it so much easier to um, keep in touch with your audience and to have that like dedicated audience that's not controlled by some social media algorithm that like you can contact and stay in touch with and actually build relationships with. And like, you know, if you're selling products and services, like you've got that, um, that list of contacts there um, that you can always reach out to. And um, it's just so much more powerful than using social media. So like, we're, we're always trying to, you know, promote that. And um, so yeah, like I would say, follow along with, along with the blog and you'll get lots of information and tips on how to do that. Awesome. Love it. And also maybe some inspiration on uh, how to do uh, YouTube videos. I'll be checking that yeah, out. As well. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Super exciting. Well, thanks for being here, Dan. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs>